Okay, so we are going to jump right into scripture. We're going to start in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. <clears throat> I think a little bit before I read this scripture, um, when Ryan and I started preparing um, for this lesson, um, I don't know, it's been kind of a, a rocky start to the year, um, especially for me. Um, just a lot of ups and downs spiritually, faithfully. Um, and when we started working on this lesson, <clears throat> I had been, you know, working with my group of girls and, um, you know, discipleship is hard. It's a lot of work. Um, and one of the girls that, um, you know, was very close to me, someone I had been discipling, um, had chosen to walk away from their relationship with God. Um, so I think in preparing for this lesson, um, Satan was attacking really hard. He was trying to get me to see it's not worth it. It's hard. It's hard work to make disciples. And, uh, you know, and I, I couldn't help but, you know, I had my moments of I needed to cry. I needed to grieve. And I did that. But I couldn't help but, but to remember the girls that I do have, to remember that what had been instilled in me and to keep fighting. Um, and I'm not going to say that um, it hasn't been easy it's actually been, um, I didn't think I was going to cry. Uh, it's actually been really hard, you guys. Um, I look at her life, and I think, you know, it's easy to, to rack my brain and be like, where did I go wrong? Or um, did I not say the things that I needed to say? Or was I too nice? Or was I too hard? Um, so I think um, this, is, this lesson today, guys, if anything, it's a reminder to me of what I need to do to make disciples, um, and Ryan as well. So all this week we've just prepa been preparing, been praying, um, been going to God's word, um, and it's helped to make me more secure, to, to remember that it's worth it. Um, so like I had said, we're going to start in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, you know, I think today, uh, just through this lesson, we're going to walk through just some principles, just some guidelines of how to make disciples. And like I said, this week, preparing, um, planning, um, it's just been such a good reminder of, of where and how I can examine what I've been doing. Um, do I need to change things? Do I need to focus in on, on just, just a really good reminder of me, um, for me and for Ryan to just delve into scripture? Uh, so... The first principle is I must find people. Uh, we're going to go to Mark 1, 16 through 20. That's Mark 1, 16 through 20. <clears throat> All right. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the lake, uh, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets... Um, Sorry, and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with their hired men and followed him. Um, you know, so Jesus, you know, he found and called men to follow him. Like, with us, like, we're, we're called to do the same thing. We're called to go out and find people. We're called to go out and, you know, 
not just sit back and wait for people to come to us. Like, nobody's going to come to us. Like, I know for me, like, for instance, like, nobody's going to just be like, hey, what's going on, man? Let's go do this. Let's go do that. I'm, how many of you guys, like, you're sitting there going to the mall, for instance, like, how many people actually come up to you during your, your walk, like, in the mall and have a conversation with you? Nobody. You know, that's, that's kind of what we're, like, so we are called to go out and find those people. Um, you know, like, you know, like it says here, like in the scripture, uh, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Peter casting nets, and he said, come and follow me. You know, like that, we're called to do that. We're called to find those people. Um, you know, whenever he found those people, like he called them to something great, something amazing, like something we all, as a disciple have to offer. You know, like it's, it's so rewarding um, in order to like that, just the, the, your walk with God and being a disciple, it can be rewarding, but it can also be, it's hard, like Katie said it on the intro. Like, it is very hard. I think Jesus also took um, seriously the selection of men he trained, and I think he did that by praying a lot. I think it's something that we really must be doing and focusing on is just praying, praying for people to disciple and to look for those opportunities. Um, and I think, too, something that's been really encouraging just to read in the scriptures is to know that um, Jesus, the people Jesus chose never were like key people. You know, in Acts 4.13, it says they were unschooled, ordinary men. But Jesus saw something great in them. He saw in them the potential to be leaders. Um, and he knew that the kingdom could use them. Um, and I think, too, part of that was because when he saw them, he knew that they were teachable. Um, and I think something just to remind myself is that you know, if people are teachable, they can be used. They can be used greatly in the kingdom. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot about um, when, we're, when we're looking for people, when we're going and finding people to be, to be used in the kingdom, you know, you want to search for people who are honest, people that are honest and just broken about their sin, and they're waiting to be used by God. Um, and I think a lot about, um, I recently actually studied with a girl, um, you know, she, it's been a long time, you guys, but I recently studied with her. Oh, it's been so good for my heart. In the midst of one of a girl that, you know, like I said, I've been discipling and leaving, I got to watch another girl after four years finally surrender her life. But, you know, she's been asking a lot of questions like, can God really use me? I mean, for four years, I lived in pure rebellion towards him. I, I just didn't care what he said. I was so rebellious. You know, she doesn't feel confident but I feel confident in her, and she may not see that, and right now she doesn't. She does not feel any confidence. In fact, I told her I was talking about her, and she left. She's not in this class, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I feel it. I see it in her, and I believe in her so much, and I think that's where this week it's been such a whirlwind of emotions because I've been like, oh, one of, you know, one of the girls I've been discipling and training has chosen to leave, but also I have this other girl that's like, use me. I've been broken for four years. And, you know, at the time, you know, when you guys are going and choosing people, they may not feel confident. They're going to think, I don't have any education. I don't have any training. How can God use me? But Acts 4.13, again, says they were unschooled, ordinary men. You guys, people don't need any education. They just need to have a willingness to follow Jesus, and then they can be used. Um, and I think, again, just remembering um, just to see, you know, look for people who are honest and just broken and use them. Uh, as, as we were kind of talking about this first point, like I, I've always, I, like I was thinking of like a pickup game of football or something like where you have, like, these jocks over here and, like, the, you know, the 
kids that sorry the kids that like don't look like they should be playing football but like just picking up those ordinary people first you know like not necessarily I mean you could pick up any but like anybody but you know like just I don't know I just thought of like that and even like the little giants were like the the little people came up and like it beat like the good one I kind of dated me but uh you know like they ended up winning like you know you could it doesn't matter who you are where you are how ordinary or how you know it you don't have to be skilled to be able to be successful as a, a as a disciple. Um, <clears throat> so first, you know, I must find people. And second, um, I will invest time in people. You know, from the time of the calling, like the disciples were, they were with Jesus. They were with him on a daily basis. They had an intimate relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, we need to be... You know, we need to be investing in their lives. We need to be spending time with them. That's something that I believe that our church is is very good at. Like, we do spend the time with people. We we, we invest in them. We're, you know, it's not just, um, we're not just with them at, like, church events. You know, it's not, we're not just with them on Tuesdays and Sundays. You know, it's, we, you know, we spend time with them. We text them throughout the week. Like, we, we have a constant communication. Um, I know for me, like, it's, it's a little bit harder for me because I work full time. So I do have to I do have to be texting and all that, and that's something that I do struggle with. I will admit, um, but I mean, we have our guy girl time. Like we we do that kind of stuff in order to grow and be be better disciples. So we need make sure that you're investing your time in the people. Yeah, I think um, just looking at Jesus' ministry. I mean. Jesus himself didn't have any special training or education, um, but I think, you know, his ministry was built on spending time with people. He was constantly going out, and people were always with him. That was his training me- method. Um, and I think discipleship happens when you're spending time with your spiritual mentor. It's just going to happen. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the things that I love most about um, being in ministry, especially in the campus ministry. Like, I love being able to, like, share my life, you know, with the other girls. I love um, going through seasons together. I love it so much. I think, I think about a time where, um, you know, we, Ryan and I have two kids, but I got pregnant with Harper. Um, she's almost four. But um, I got pregnant with Harper, and I was really, really sick. And, I mean, sick where I never left my bed. Ryan moved my bed to yeah. the living room because I never left. But I was in, on IVs and infusion shots and everything. But... I remember that time being like a season of my life where I felt, you know, I'm someone that's got to be always on the go. I got to be doing stuff. I got to be with people all the time. But I remember the girls, you know, in my small group at that time being like, this is my opportunity, you know, to step up. And how can I serve you? You know, what can I do? Like, I need to be taking care of the other girls in, in the ministry. And, you know, if I, if I hadn't have been sharing my life and my that season of life with the girls, I'm not sure if they would have been ready, you know, to go out and, and help the other girls. Um, you know, and like I talked about, discipleship is going to require something of us. It is so much of an investment in people. It's hard work. And sometimes, just to be honest, you guys, I don't feel like always doing it. But I think that's part of when I chose to surrender my life, that was part of what I chose to surrender. And it was, I'm going to spend time with people, and I'm going to invest in them, and I'm going to give them my heart. Um, it means sacrificing our time. 
I like my me time, guys. I really do. Um, she does. I do. <laughs> but it means, it means sacrificing time. Brian and I both work full-time jobs, but sometimes we stay up till 1, 2 a.m. because our people might need something. Um, you know, it's a lot of energy. And I have to work at 5 in the morning. So yeah, Ryan gets up and works. It's kind of rough sometimes, it but is. it's definitely it, worth it. Um, you know, it's a lot of energy. Um, I'm getting older. I have two kids, but sometimes I don't always feel energized. Um, it's emotionally, um, you know, but I feel like these are all the things that um, to fulfill, you know, making disciples. Um, if you are not spending time with people, you are not developing disciples. Just plain and simple. You have to be spending time with people. You have to be spending time together, investing in life together, and going through seasons together. And also, too, I just think that means for me, you know, it's a reminder to open up my heart to allow others to see who I really am. You guys, something I struggle with is perfectionism. Like, so much so is my house always has to be clean when people come over. Like, you know, I just struggle with looking a certain way. And that's, to me, you know, it's okay for people to see my house messy. It's okay for people to see what's really in my heart. I don't want to be someone that, you know, always has to look a certain way, but I do struggle with that. But I want people to see the messy. I want people to see my house is messy, my heart is messy. And, you know, that's okay. And so just really making sure that we're investing that time um, and sacrificing our time and our energy and our emotion um, into other people. Yeah. So first, I must find people. I will invest time in people. And thirdly, I teach them to surrender and obey God. Um, Matthew... 28, uh, 19 through 20. Uh, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You know, uh, Jesus, you know, he expects us to die to ourselves. He expects us, you know, during that baptism to, to die to ourselves and obey his commands. You know, God can only use us um, whenever we, you know, we're willing to obey him. Um, you know, he, there's not a requirement. You're not required to be smart. You're not required to be pretty. You're not required to be anything, really. I mean, you're just required to be loyal. You know, you have to be loyal and constantly obey um, his commands. Yeah, I, I agree. I think discipleship is about a total devotion to God, following, trusting, obeying God, even when you don't understand it. And sometimes that's really hard. But if we are willing, you know, when when we said, you know, for the majority of us in here, when we said we're, you know, I want to be baptized. I want to surrender my life. You counted the cost to make sure that this was something that you wanted. And then from there on out, it is a, it is a surrender of carrying your cross daily and following Jesus. So I think, I think it's sometimes really hard because we live just in this individualistic culture where we don't want people telling us what to do. We don't want anyone else in our business. We don't want people we just don't want people, you know, saying what we, you know, what we should do. But I think, I think again, that's part of the discipleship process is when you surrender your life, you say, I want that correction. I want people involved in my life and that are going to see those things and say, Hey, like, you know, what are you doing? Like that is a correction is all a part of, you know, the discipleship process. And I think just making sure that we're teaching our people um, to surrender and to obey God. And that means always going to the scriptures, you guys. I think it can be easy. Something that I, I feel like I can struggle with is just um, 
hey, you got to do this, or the Bible says this, but where in the Bible? And just making sure that we, we are investing that time, you know, in the scriptures so that we're able to teach our people to surrender and to obey God. So we must find people. Um, I will invest time in people. I teach them to surrender and obey God, and I will model, model for them how to live. You know, one reason Jesus has such a lasting impression, you know, on his disciples is because he lived, you know, before them daily. Like, he practiced what he preached. Like, it wasn't just, you know, every now and then. It was daily he lived for that. Um, you know, because people were training, you know, they, they are going to follow our lives. They're going to follow our examples. So, as a disciple, like, you, you need to be, you know, watching your doctrine daily. Um, watching like what you're doing, watching the way you're speaking, watching what you're watching, um, you know, just constantly be like living for God, like obeying His commands. You know, you know, under that surrender, dying to yourself. So in First uh, Timothy four sixteen, it says, "Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve in them because if you do, yeah, persevere through in them because if you do, you will save both your yourself and your hearers." Um, you know, that's, it's, it's hard to do, especially in this day and age, like, make sure that we don't fall into that influence and die into ourselves. Like, that, that, that's one of the reasons why we do have people around us, so that way we can be corrected. Um, you know, just making sure that we are living our lives constantly, um, you know, and making sure that we're, you know, everything that Jesus used in the scriptures, like, Jesus spoke and he never contradicted himself like it and that's the way we need to be living also is making sure that what we're what we're living what we're doing we're not contradicting ourselves making us look like hypocrites um i think again to go along with that just our personal walk with god is one of the most important factors in discipling others um you know i think the girls and i and i I think a lot of our ministry does that, but, you know, we have, like, these group messages and these group texts where we share scriptures with each other. We share devos that we read. We, you know, we, you know, sometimes I'll just ask the girls, hey, you know, um, pray for this girl I'm reaching out to at my work. You know, just, again, that part of sharing life together, but also, you know, sharing the scriptures and the devos. Um, If I am not equipping myself spiritually by being in the word, I'm not going to be able to equip the people that I'm leading, or I'm not going to be able to make disciples. I mean, I think it's so cool to see, like, this was all a part of Jesus's ministry. Um, You know, he prayed before them. um, He fed the poor. um, He always had compassion on people, always. Um, He healed the sick. But really, he lived the life that he wanted to reproduce in his disciples, and he was always living that life. Um, and I think something that, like I said, I'm just, I feel like I'm going through this week, or, and it's good for me, like I said, just of examining where I'm at and reevaluating how have I been making disciples? Have I been modeling being disciplined in my reading and in my praying? And if I'm not sharing what I'm reading or asking, you know, the girls to pray for me, then I'm not being a good model of, you know, my personal walk with God. Um, <laughs> Um, so I think, uh, just making sure that we're modeling being discipled and praying and reading and making sure that our life is worthy for others to follow. Um, I know I'm going to have influence one way or the other, and 
I want to make sure that people are following behind me because they see something and they know my life is full and they want that. First um, Peter 2.21 says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Again, just making sure that it's my life is worthy of others to follow um, and just modeling, just being completely sold out and surrendered to God, sharing those scriptures and those devos that I'm reading, um, just inviting the girls and, you know, or guys just to be involved in my life. I think a lot, like, on that, too, um, you know, how we model for them how to live. Like, I think a lot of, I'm a carpenter, and I went through the apprenticeship. So, like, that constant training throughout the years of, like, how to do this, how to do that is was very important and crucial to, I mean, my career. But, like, that's the same same thing in ministry. Like, we need to make sure that we are pouring into that, like, and treating it like it is, you know, it's our full-time job is being a disciple. It's not, it's not a part-time thing. It's not, you know, if you're going to put halfway into something, halfway into being a disciple, you're only going to get, you're only going to be halfway there, you know, and that's not, that's not what a disciple is. Um, so, uh, I must find people. I will invest time in people. Um, I teach them to surrender and obey. I will model for them how to live, and I will send them to reproduce what I've modeled. Um, you know, Jesus assigned his disciples work, you know, um, this was part of their preparation becoming a disciple. Um, they they assisted him, uh, you know, in the in the ministries. Like as he was going out and you know doing ministry work, you know, people came with him. Um, that he trained them, um, and then eventually he would send them out two by two. In Mark six seven, it says, "Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over impure spirits." You know. He would send them out two by two, you know, so they wouldn't be alone. You know, that's, that's what we should be doing. We should be going out with other, other disciples and, and showing them and showing people and finding people um, and making them disciples. Um, you know, he, he, he developed his disciples by, you know, giving them responsibilities, letting them go out and do the things. Like, you know, for us, like we, like our ministry, like we have prayer meetings. Like we, we give that kind of stuff to other disciples to kind of bring them up, like outreach events. Um, you know, we have open mic nights that, you know, that are led by the, the, the ministry, like students in the ministry. Um, you know, we also have, you know, student representatives for the ministry on, on the campuses. And even, like, leading cross chats. Um, you know, that's a big thing, like making sure that we are constantly training them, like letting them have their responsibility because they're, I mean, honestly, most of them, all of them are capable of, leading across that, you just, you know, we will get there. Um, but just giving the responsibility so that they, they can build that confidence. They know, like, how to be a disciple. Um, and just making sure that what we are modeling, they're able, like, we're able to reproduce, um, and they will be able to do the same thing. Um, another, like, with that, like, with service, um, you know, Um, you know, I do, I serve a lot for the church, um, you know, obviously in ministry, but also like the maintenance around here and like getting like stuff ready for trips. And with that, like pulling somebody with me, like I think of like the trips we go on, like getting the buses ready, like things prepped and be like, Hey, come with me. So that way we could kind of 
so that I could start training them in order to take that kind of stuff over. Not necessarily take it over, but like train them how to do it so that way they could step up and they could start leading and start getting in so they know how to, how to do those things. Um, I think a lot, like recently, one of the guys that started coming around and is baptized now, like, like just working with cars and stuff. Like I'm not, I mean, I, I work with cars, but I'm not an actual mechanic. Um, and he is like pulling him like with me and doing things be like, all right, this is what we do. Like, this is how you serve other people and like letting them pour back into other people. So it's not just one group of people pouring into just, you know, so we could kind of expand, um, in a sense. Um, I don't know. It it is, it's very rewarding too, just seeing like those people go out and start, you know, all right, well now he's pulling somebody else in with them. He's pulling somebody else with them. And that person's going to start pulling somebody else. It's just cool seeing like how it kind of spider webs in a sense. Yeah. I was just going to say real quick, um, this is something that actually Ryan is really good about doing. Um, Ryan is, he, you know, and just not even just spiritually, but he's very talented in, in things and areas where God has really gifted him, especially with carpentry or working on cars or just serving people. Um, he's, he's very good at it. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, it, <laughs> a lot of times it could be easier for Ryan to just work by himself because he's quick. He'll get the job done, yada, yada, yada. But I know Ryan knows that he needs people with him. And so he'll bring people along with him and he'll work, work on cars with the guys or he'll build things like for our events, like root beer keggers and stuff. Ryan built this giant stage for our root beer keggers or even a grill made out of a trailer. I don't even know how he does half of the stuff he does, <laughs> but he has these ideas and he makes these things, but he's always got people with him. And I, like I said, I know it could be easier for Ryan to be like, I got this. I know what I'm doing. If you touch it, you're going to screw it up. But, but Ryan doesn't. I think he remembers what his purpose is. And he knows that time is so beneficial to be able to train people. And I know that most of the time they're goofing off and being silly, working on cars, whatever. But I know that's also an opportunity to share life together, to talk about the scriptures, um, to talk about how your day's going, you know, when you're working on cars or building stuff. It's just, and, and like I said, Ryan is really, really good at, at, at doing that. And I think it could be really easy for him to do the opposite, but I, I think he does a really good job at that. And that is, that's very hard for me to not just go. Like I, it's, you know, the, the release control of it, you know, like I constantly am fighting in my head. All right, well, I could do that. I could do it faster. I could do it better. But that's that's not the purpose of it. The purpose is showing them and training them. And I think Jesus probably thought, I can do this all too. I know what I'm doing. I am Jesus. But he was like, I constantly have to have people with me. And so I think that's why Jesus's ministry was built on people. And he was always around other people teaching and showing them what to do. So uh, I must find people. I will invest time in people. Um, I teach them to surrender and obey God. Um, I will model for them how to live. Um, I will send them to reproduce what I've modeled. And I use their experiences and failures to further train them. Um, you know, Jesus supervised his, his disciples, and it was, that was very important. You know, just making sure that he was, he was with them and training them. Um, you know, whenever they returned from ministry trips, um, you know, they would, they would all report to him. You know, they would give him feedback. Uh, in Mark 6:30, it says, 
The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to them all that they had done and taught. Um, sorry. You know, this, this allowed time for, you know, the disciples to reflect and review, like, and get instruction from Jesus. I mean, it's, it's the same in the ministry now. Like, you know, as you go out and do things, you know, get the feedback. You know, you might, you're not going to do everything perfect. You never will. Don't ever think you will. But you could strive for, like, to be better and, you know, learn more. And we need to make sure that we're, we're willing to be corrected. Um, and I know that, that's something that um, is kind of hard for me. I know Katie does a good job at, um, I want to say correcting me, but, uh, you know, it really, it re- more so pushing me. Like, you know, if I'm not doing something, if I'm having a bad attitude or whatever, like she's, she's more than willing to let me know, like, <laughs> what I'm doing, you know? Like, she is great about it, and I might not handle it the best all the time, but she, she is really good at it, and um, I don't know, it's just, I am grateful for that. I know I don't tell you enough, so thank you. Um, you know, just making sure that we, we accept that criticism, and we, you know, all right, well, all right, cool, I could do this, I could do that, I could do that better, I could do it in this certain way, or whatever, like, there's always going to be, I, I'm going to refer back to carpentry, there's always a different way to do something. Um, you know, you, you get trained by one person, and they do it a certain way. If you get trained by another person, they're going to do it another way, and that might be more effective for you. So just making sure that you're on the, your, uh, your spiritual leader, like somebody that you trust and that you know is going to give sound advice and not just any Joe Schmo that is going to just like, oh, yeah, you're doing great, and you're like, not. <laughs> Um, uh, I think this is something that, you know, we want to like delegate and empower our people to go out and do. Um, but I think many times our people will fall, you know, get into trouble or whatever without proper supervision. So I think it's something that Jesus was like, you know, I want you to go out and do and go by two by two. But he always checked back in with his people. He, again, always together, always sharing and doing life and ministry together. Um, You know, I think as leaders, we are forming and equipping them as disciples. You know, we need to help supervise them, help them keep, you know, to stay on track. Um, You know, but I think it's all about finding a balance because if we're not careful, then we can get into that micromanaging part of you got to, you know, I'm, you know, that control side of things. So I think it's all about finding a balance because sometimes if we're not, if we're not micromanaging, then we're being too loose with people and not saying what we need to say. Um, But again, all going back to that correction, you know, that, that correction of um, our goal of becoming more like the teacher, it's not punishment. You know, I know it's something like I think my own girls and I just talked about like becoming better, you know, being good friends to each other and just saying what we need to say. And, you know, am I someone that's that's approachable? Will people come and correct me and say the things that they need to say and saying and speaking the truth and love? Um, I think, too, I, I think about, again, you know, the girl that we just studied the Bible with and, you know, she's like, I want to surrender my life. I want to do this, you know, and. I, you know, I, I believe in her. I really, truly do. I see her, and I, I believe that she's truly broken for her pure rebellion against God for the last four years. And I want to make sure that I'm speaking and saying the truth and love to her, but also empowering her so that she can know she can go out and do these things. Um, 
all those experiences, all her failures in the last four years, it was not a waste. It is something that God is now capable of using. And I want, and I think that's something that I truly want to make sure that she knows for all of us, for all the people that we're working with, is to know that all those experiences, all those failures, your story is now God's story, and he can use it. Um, and just, you know, I think, again, it, just finding that balance of, saying what we need to say, but not micromanaging our people, giving them, you know, they, some, sometimes you just have to go and do, and you may fail, but you come back, and that's what Jesus did with his people. You know, he, they, would, they would come back and report to him, um, and it gave time for Jesus and his disciples to reflect on things, and Jesus would give them an instruction on what to do, for, you know, and further, and I think that's what we should be doing with our people. Yeah, and just and making sure that you are giving them grace too, because um, that's something that is. Sorry, I got distracted. Um, you know, make sure that they are getting that grace. You know, if they do mess up, like, all right, well, you know, you're doing great. I'm glad. I'm, you know, I'm glad you tried. Whatever, like, whatever you got to do, but just make sure that you are loving in in that um, that training. Thank you. Uh, all right, so I must find people. Um, I will invest time in people. Um, I teach them surrender and obey God. Um, I will model for them how to live. Um, I will send them to reproduce what I've modeled. Um, I use their experience and failures to further train them. And I expect expect and send them to reproduce uh, disciples. Um, you know, Jesus expected his disciples to reproduce other disciples. Um, you know, he conveyed his message, his message and mission uh, to his disciples so they would re- reproduce themselves um, and make other disciples of all, make disciples of all nations. Like, that's, that's what we need to be doing. We need to make sure that we are reproducing ourselves. And these, all these points behind this, you know, that's all things that we need to make sure that we're doing in order to produce disciples and make disciples of all nations. Um, you know, the Great Commission, you know, implies that the, follow, the followers of Jesus will reproduce themselves and make disciples. Again, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Um, therefore, go, go, uh, <laughs> and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I, will, uh, surely I am with you always and ver- to the very end of the age. So I have you know, like, we need to make sure that we are going out and making disciples. Like, it's, it's clear as day right here. You know, we need to make sure that we are going out and living the Great Commission for, for our people, being disciples and being diligent with it, not lackluster. Um, I think, if anything, you know, today through this lesson is just our goal is to go and make disciples and to reproduce, to constantly be making other disciples. Um, and like I said, this, this has been a week of evaluation for me and just looking at this is just, it couldn't have come at a better time for me just to look and delve into the scriptures on what I need to personally be doing to make other disciples. Um, but I truly believe, you know, if we commit our lives and our churches for that matter um, to re- reproducing ourselves and others and in order to make disciples, around us. I think, um, I think a lot about just, 
Um, I, people give me a hard time because I always say the harvest is plentiful, but it is plentiful. Um, I think Luke 10:2 says, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know, I think as disciples, we are to work for and expect a harvest. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, if we, you know, on our campuses, on our college campuses, you know, all around us, there are girls and guys hurting and longing for something different and longing, you know, for us to be who we need to, who we need to be and say, and following up with saying who we are. Um, I think that, um, if we can commit to that, if we can commit to making sure that we are disciples, um, I do believe that God will bless us with opportunities, with tons of opportunities with girls, with guys on our campuses. Um, I think about just um, just my time. I went to school at Lindenwood, um, best five years of my life. I, I gained friendships. I went through heartache. I mean, I... I went through a lot, but it was the best five years of my life because I got to be with my ministry. I got to be with the girls and the guys, and we shared life together, and we were all about going and making disciples. Um, and I think we need to make sure that when we're working with people, we need to expect others to be doing the same. Um, I expected, you know, when I was living at Lindenwood, I expected my roommates and the girls that I shared life with, I expected them to be doing the same. I expected them to be going out and making disciples because that was what, what brought us together in the first place. Um, so I think just making sure that, you know, as being in ministry together and sharing that is that we're expected to go out and make disciples. Um, I don't, and that's why we focus so much today on Matthew 28, 19. It's not, it's not an option. Jesus commands us to go into the world and make disciples. And if you've surrendered your life and you've said, I want to live for God, then it's not an option. And you must go and reproduce and make other disciples.